You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Crap. And that's the way it's going to start this week, folks. Welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 170. God, I cannot even talk tonight. 179. I think that's correct. Yes, 179. And uh, we have we have a bit of a different crew with us tonight because Mr. No-Show uh, 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 Greentree, kind of like No-Show Jones, if anybody knows that reference. Uh, yeah, nobody knows that reference. No. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> couldn't make it. Actually, Mark is feeling under the weather. But we were, but we had. Uh, I reached out, and Mr. Peter Bird, who's been with us before, but it's been a while, was kind enough to jump in and join us. How are we going this evening, Peter? Oh, I'm going all right, uh, Kevin. Uh, thanks for asking me on, and it makes sense. I do this one when Mark's not here, since I'm doing his other show at the moment as well. So. <laughs> I pretty much replaced Mark. That's what I was thinking. I remember a couple of years ago when I was doing a lot of NAMP episodes because Mark was real busy with something, and Scott Wellesley made the joke about it was the Not Another Mark podcast or something like that, or it was another Kevin podcast. I, I don't remember what the joke was that Scott made. And I'm thinking, okay, now it's Mark's Not On The Podcast podcast. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> it's the Peter cast. I, you know, I don't know. It's just He just... He's he, he's just here, there. He's like the Scarlet Pimpernel. Pimpernel. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere, and then he's nowhere. So <laughs> that's just the way it goes. But uh, I do appreciate you jumping in because, folks, it's currently a little after 10 p.m. here on the East Coast of the United States for me. It's a little after nine for Mike in the Midwest. It is a little after three in the morning for Peter. Peter's actually. Hey, Peter. Since you're ahead, I always ask Mark this. Can you give me the lottery, Virginia lottery numbers <laughs> for tomorrow night so I can win? Let's have a quick look. Let's try this website. <laughs> oh, no. It's blocking my future proofing. Oh, damn. Damn, 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 damn. I was yeah. hoping so. Well, I always try. You know, it never hurts. Because if, you know, if I can hit that lottery hit for enough money, I can op the, open up the Kevin Podcasting Network, and I can just podcast all day long every day of the week. Wouldn't that be exciting? Mm, no. <laughs> and I'll do video then too. I'll have a oh. mini. I'll do a mini twit. Oh boy, that would be just. Well, uh, good thing I don't do video podcasts because you know some when we do uh, when summer rolls around and we're not doing video, it gets a little warm down here. So I I dress appropriately for warm weather. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Well, you know, it's, you talk about warm weather, and I know we always end up talking about the weather because that's my thing, I guess. That's my shtick. Um, I was in a panic this afternoon, early this afternoon. My wife called and said, AC's not working, <laughs> and we're having our first significant heat wave. It's in the, uh, got up into the low 90s today here uh, with with a fair amount of humidity, So as it does in Virginia. And uh, I was a panic, and so we got a hold of the AC guy. He said, "Well, I don't know if I can get by there." Blah, blah, blah. Well, I get home, and the house is all closed up. And I'm like, "Oh, maybe he made it," and he did. <laughs> he kind of got my. It was a simple repair that was even covered under warranty out back on the uh, unit outside. So it's like, don't have to lay in bed and sweat tonight. Uh, well, I saw on Twitter that you were sweating about sweating. So yeah, that that was that was exactly it. So and Peter, I know shares my affinity. I I have somebody else that shares my affinity for the cool weather, don't you, Peter? I do indeed. Yeah, I can't stand heat. It's just not me. I I I look out for the snow. 
Yes. That's that's how much it is because I just cannot tolerate hate. Little golf clap for Peter there. Give him. <laughs> thank you. I thank you. I thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not cool. <laughs> but well, hopefully it is. It's cool inside. It's not cool outside. So yeah, it was uh, it was very. It was a very distressing thought as I was coming home. And then coming home, I thought I was going to have a car wreck. I was going, holy crap, is the world against me? <laughs> They're doing some, uh, one of the areas I travel through, and I've, I've mentioned this, I drive about 45 miles each way to work. And um, one of the areas I drive through, they're doing a major road construction. And they shifted the lanes as they're doing it to put in another lane. or something. I haven't quite figured out everything they're doing. Uh, but anyway, I was driving along and I was on the phone with uh, a co-worker. And all of a sudden, I saw it and it was too late to do anything. I swear to God, there was a pothole that was half the length of my car. I mean, I don't have a huge car that I commute in. It's a little uh, uh, Nissan Versa that I drive back and forth to work most of the time. And I hit that thing head on. And I was like, oh, God, because I freaked out. The guy that I was talking to thought I'd had a wreck or something like that because you know, I, I hit it. And I, and I popped to it, and I slowed down a little bit. And I listened and felt the car, and it felt okay. And I'm, okay, maybe I'm all right. I'm going to keep driving. But I noticed right after I went through this gigantic pothole, there were four cars pulled off on the side of the road looking at their car or changing <laughs> tires. And then the rest of the way home, there were cars on the... Uh, I was headed westbound on the road. There were one, two, three, four more cars in one truck or three cars in a truck. I saw pulled over changing tires. I'm mm-hmm. thinking this. And then about the time I got home, I got a, a traffic text alert uh, that said they were closing that lane because of a large pothole. I'm going, really? Now you're telling me? <laughs> well, did you happen to see a tire fixing service set up on the other side of the pothole? <laughs> no, but there might have been. <laughs> well, see, I kind of, a few years ago, more than a few years ago, is when I was working my other job, and we were even out in the farm yet, so this is probably over 15 years ago. Um, I had the opposite problem. I was driving down one of our rural county roads that was paved sort of it was breaking up so they were doing some road work there and in this one spot that broken up pretty bad they dumped a load of gravel there uh to be smoothed out well it was overcast uh so it was a little dark out and i um with all the patches that was already on the road i couldn't see that this this pile of gravel that they dumped in front of me there there was nobody around currently at the time working on it it was just there in the road and all of a sudden i come up on it and there was a car coming from the other direction with this pile of gravel in front of me. So all I could do is sort of a Dukes of Hazard over it or through it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yes. And it was kind of like, you know, I, I said a few words, um, even though we had the uh, uh, explicit tag, I'll spare the people those words. And it was just kind of like, what? The, you know, and everything was fine. I probably cleared a lot of stuff off the undercarriage that may or may not have been needed but uh, yeah so I kind of went a little airborne there it's kind of like good grief people because it's not like I could have swerved because there was a car over there and they're probably thinking what the hell was I doing but you know um, yeah our county road crew well let's not get into that one either well this is the state that would take care of this because they're sponsoring the construction in the area and it's like Holy crap! I mean, I hit. I, you know, I've hit some other potholes, but this literally was the biggest freaking pothole, short of a sinkhole, I've ever come across in the road. Well, you see, if you you could have been a complete smartass about it and put signs up there and said "Welcome to the Grand Canyon" and started selling tickets. Yeah. Well, it, to, to be honest with you, if it 
of course, this is a heavily trafficked area. I mean, there's a ton, and I'm sure when they closed down this one lane to to do whatever the state was going to do to fix this problem, I'm sure it just backed traffic up for about five or six miles because it's just, I mean, it's a huge amount of traffic passes through that area, and it's an interchange. This was underneath the interchange, so once you back that up just a little bit, everybody that's there to get off is then getting backed up back down and down across the mountain and i'm going mm. oh this just isn't going to end well <laughs> no yeah uh, road construction is yeah it's just it's always interesting and not always in a good way well now i have to ask and, and peter probably knows more about this than i do because i know they're more popular in the uk or at least that's my impression traffic circles oh roundabouts roundabouts whatever you want to call them here we call them traffic circles they're putting a bunch of these in uh, uh, over over that way, and I'm going, and they're saying, "Oh, it helps control traffic." And I and all I can think of is a scene from European Vacation where Chevy chased them get on that traffic circle, and they're going around. There, look, kids, there's Big Ben. Look, kids, there's Big, and they just kept going round and round because he couldn't get off the damn thing. I mean, I've driven on the things before, but I don't see how they help traffic. Peter, what's your opinion of something like? Do you like those things? Uh, no, and they don't help traffic at all. What you tend to find is most people drive over them or through them, or they'll find some way to go around them really quickly and go really fast, and then they cause more accidents. Well, you know, that's uh, you, you mentioned that. I was talking to somebody. There's, again, another one of these new traffic circles they put in uh, at a major intersection, but because the one road carried... What, the road going north-south carried more traffic than the one going east-west. Instead of being a perfect circle, they made it kind of an oval, not a traffic circle. And that let the traffic going north-south could kind of go straight through it almost. It wasn't, it, you know, what they didn't really have to go around. They, it was narrower for them. Where the traffic going east-west had to swing way out and go around when they were going around the traffic circle. See, that sounds like some of the ones we have over here, because some of the roundabouts, as we call them over here, some of them are actually completely flat, so you can literally just drive over them anyway. Oh. It, so it's like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, that's, that's yeah. The, this one you couldn't drive over, but the way they laid it out, it let the north-south traffic go through, and the east-west traffic couldn't. And what it turned out when they looked at it, they were actually having more accidents than they were having before with <laughs> With the old intersection, I'm like, hmm. Mm, not working. So then they had to go in and redo it and actually make it a complete circle so that the north-south traffic had to slow down and swing out and around. Because these things are about 10, 12 inches high, so you really couldn't just drive, like you're talking about, just drive across them. I mean, well, British drivers are lunatics when it comes to roundabouts. We're so used to them, we just don't care. <laughs> Uh, and you see, we don't have very many out here, but you know, uh, oddly enough, they are uh, in Watertown, a major major metropolitan area near where I live. I, I okay, twenty thousand people. I don't know if that's metropolitan or not. Anyway, they've got it. They're putting a uh, roundabout uh, near where my mother-in-law lives. So uh, we'll see how that works. I don't know. If the only other one that I know of in South Dakota is down by Sioux Falls, and we've been on that one. It's not a heavily populated road. I think somebody just decided, hey, let's put a roundabout here, just. Because uh, yeah. I didn't, I don't know why. Maybe they were trying to be European or something, or trying to class the joint up. Well, you know, it's kind of like putting lipstick on a pig. It's not going to work, people. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think they're trying to do uh, over there too. So, 
Or they've, so watched one too much, or they've watched that European vacation too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I've driven on... I've, when we go to Pennsylvania on vacation or, or go up for a couple days, the way I go up to the, the Amish country where we go, there's a couple small towns that I go through. Abbottstown, and I can't remember the other one, um, that they have right in the center of town, dead center, they have uh, roundabouts. And they're nice roundabouts. They're easy to get through. They're not, you know, they're not difficult. And uh, they both have like little, dis- you know, if it, if you go through there at Christmas, they have decorations and and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's it's not so bad. But these ones they're putting in over there, it's like, oh my god, people, what the hell is wrong with you? What kind of nightmare traffic school did the engineers go to to design something that way? Well, see, I got exposed to them. Uh, it'll be like I think thirty three years this fall because. Uh, uh, my wife and my mother and I, we drove out to Maine. It was kind of mom's wedding present to us because our wedding anniversary was uh, last Friday. So uh, so that would be our 33rd wedding anniversary. So it was about 33 years ago. Uh, we drove out to Maine, and uh, there was a few places there where we ran into a roundabouts. And um, me being a flatlander where we had, like, our roads ran straight. The only time you drove in a circle is when you were whipping cookies in the parking lot somewhere. Um, so I, yeah, I didn't know what to make of these things. And it's like, you know, I, I, you know, didn't cause any accidents, but I'm pretty sure there's some people going, yeah, there's an out of towner here. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, whip, whipping cookies, doing donuts, spinning around in the parking lot. All right, yeah, because that's donuts here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we call them cookies here. Just I don't know, maybe because we like to make tighter circles or something, or I don't know. Um, yeah. And you know, now that I have to, uh, you know, now that I'm working in the school, they don't do it too much. But for a while, there was a few kids doing that out in the parking lot, and then we would try to make them go out there and scrub the black marks off. And those black marks don't come off. So. No, not, they have to just kind of wear away. Yes, they do. No, we. Um, uh, that's that's one thing I can't remember. I've been I've talked to somebody recently. Uh, a couple times, and they've made mention of the fact that they. I said something about driving and the traffic, and the and the one guy said, "Oh, he really likes driving in this area." I'm going, "What? The Washington D.C. metropolitan area has some of the worst traffic in the country." I'm going, "What the hell?" He said, "Well, because I, I think he's from Florida. Maybe I can't remember." He said, "Everything down there is so flat and straight." That it's just boring, and he said, "Here, at least you got curves and hills to go, you know, mountains to go over and stuff like that." And I'm going, "Okay, I, I guess I." What? Well, does he drive these things as he goes to his Dama Matrix to get you know beaten with whips and chains? Because apparently he likes pain and suffering. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I just, I just found it odd. I said, "I mean, I enjoy the terrain around here." I've said it before. I may not have said it on the show. I might have. When I've gone to the beach, or a few years ago when I went to Florida, and when Mark and I had the famous discussion about uh, train on riding on the train and stuff, when I went down there, the um, it, it's very unnerving for somebody like me to be someplace and not look out and see mountains easily. It, it makes me very nervous when the land gets very flat. <laughs> Oh, you'd be you'd be really nervous out in South Dakota then, because uh, where our farm is at, there's a little bit of a hill, a little bit of a ridge there, and that's literally where the James River Valley starts, which is kind of a wide, flat valley, and 
I know I can stand there, and I've seen the airport lights at the Huron um, Airport, which is about 45 minutes away or 45 miles away. Holy and, crap. <laughs> and that's the only landmark I can make out. And then the other one is we have these uh, big, uh, the, uh, big electric uh, wires that come from the uh, hydroelectric dams on the Missouri River. So they're the great big power lines that, you know, you, with the big arms that you can see going across the country. I can watch them disappear off into the vanishing point over there. And I tried counting them once because they kind of go at an angle. and I kinda, They got so small I couldn't count them. But I bet from there we could probably see... I don't know, maybe 90 miles or more because it's just that flat out there. Well, I can see it about that far if I get on top of the mountain and look out. Right, I but mean, the, there's no mountains on the east side of South Dakota. You go to the west side, yeah, you got Mount Rushmore, the Black Hills. You know, those are, I think somebody said, those, uh, I think I read somewhere, those those are the big, tallest mountains between the Rockies and the... Appalachians. Um, no, I think even the, uh, I want to say the Alps or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it's the app. No, I maybe I'd look. I know. If there's only this place where I could look up weird facts. Yeah, too bad we don't have like some sort of giant computer network where we could look up these. Well, I, I, I'll say it, and then we can move on. But I'll make yeah. mention of the fact that I live in between the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Appalachian Mountains. I live in a valley in between the two. So again, I'm and I grew up on the other side of the Blue Ridge Mountain. So I'm very used to doing that. And I cross the Blue Ridge every day on my way to work. And I cross it not really high. It's about 1,400 feet above sea level where I cross. So, you know, it's not terribly high. It's high enough that you can have different weather patterns when you go up there as opposed to uh, where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, the the non-flatlands, it's very disturbing for somebody like me. I mean, I'm disturbed for other reasons before anybody <laughs> thinks about anything. But, you know, it, it is very disturbing. Okay, I think I found it here. Uh, Harney Peak, which is one of the uh, the uh, tallest mountains in the Black Hills, I think is the, uh, where is it here? Described by the Board of Geographical Names as the highest summit in the United States east of the Rocky Mountains. Oh, okay. Because uh, it has an elevation of... 7,242 feet. Oh, wow. That's, that is quite high. Because I was thinking, what's the mountain up in Maine that, where they have that extreme weather all the time? I can't remember. Washington? Or is it Washington Observatory? I, wherever it is. It's, uh, you know, that, I think that's where Lisa and Mark should move to. They should live up there, you know. <laughs> where, I, where, Peter, I don't think that it, it's ever not winter. <laughs> I think it's perpetually winter in that, if I remember correctly, up there. Is that the one with the howling winds? Yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. It 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 probably is. Well, enough about the weather and my trials and tribulations of trying not to get killed on the way home. Uh, but speaking of uh, a, a little bit of a sad note, as we record this on June eleventh, yes, um, it, uh, today is the day that uh, Sir Christopher Lee passed away. And um, I hope, I think everybody probably knows, you know, some of the body of work that he had over the years. And I thought it was really, it was kind of weird. I was talking to my family about it. And they weren't sure who he was. And then I took, uh, told, uh, looked at my oldest child and I, I told her, I said, uh, you know who it is. And she said, no. She said, no. I said, well, weren't we just watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy? She said, yeah. I said, how do you say his name? Smyrnu? Or what was it? Saruman. Saruman, sorry. 
my brain was on uh, I said that's who died she went oh no I said well we can continue to watch the movie it, it's, <laughs> it's not, like, not going to stop so. yeah the movie will keep going so, but yeah Sarah Man and she said aww and then I pulled up and I showed her some of the old pictures of uh, when he did Dracula was it in the 70s I think when he yeah, played, it would have been seventies, yeah. Yeah, when he played Dracula, and then uh, I had forgot he was in the uh, Star Wars movies. Yeah, what was he in there? Count Dooku. It was. Uh, in, it was. He's in, in the prequels. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I didn't remember remember him in the three good ones. So, but he always played like a bad guy most of the time, or he played some sort of villain that was just slightly off-center, and always kind of had that weird laugh, as I remember some of the uh, roles that he played. So, yeah, it's, it's very sad to see him go, but he I didn't realize he had been, uh, was he knighted? Is that what it was? To be a, yep. to be a sir, it's knighted, yeah. I, I had to make sure I had that. See, we Americans do understand the British at some points, Peter. I know, but at this rate, you've got Sir Johnny Ive, Sir Christopher Lee, Sir... Um so you're going to have most of our sirs at this right <laughs> we're taking all your sirs away we got prince you can have prince <laughs> oh that's alright you can keep him you know I was reading something today at lunchtime and you know how you get those tabloid type ads on this when you're reading semi legitimate websites even yeah. there was one that came up and said something about uh, uh, Kate and uh, uh William and Kate were moving to the United States. I'm going, huh? What? Why are they moving to the United States? He's going to be the next king of England. What's going on here? Yeah, that don't sound right. So it said something about they were looking for a summer house somewhere. No, it. Hey, I got a, I got a nice little farmhouse. Well, it's not that nice, but we got a farmhouse out there. Maybe they'd like to live in the middle of nowhere. They wouldn't be bothered. No neighbors nearby. That's true. Because what is it? A thousand acres out there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got a little bit of space around them that way. Oh, yeah, they could build a nice little uh, house out there. I was just looking at some of Christopher Lee's work here, and uh, um, it looks like he did, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. you got to pay the bills sometimes. It looks like he did some B-movies, or at least just by the names they sound like B-movies. There's uh, Dracula and Son and uh, To the Devil a Daughter, and uh, let's see, How the West was one. That was a TV miniseries. Uh uh, there's some. Where did it go now? There's some here. That the names just sounded. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't mock a movie for its names, but some of them they just sound like. Uh, um, they sound like B movies. Hmm. Well, I know he had a long career because it said it's. Uh, when I was looking at it, it, said he started acting in 1951, I think, or something like that. So he had a really, really long, and he was World War II veteran on top of everything. Okay. Well, it looks like he did a number of. Uh, horror movies, because I see Dracula movies and uh, Scars of Dracula, but uh, a few Sherlock Holmes movies thrown in there, too, by the looks of it. So, uh, yeah, I know I knew him from Lord of the Rings and you know, a few of those others, but uh, I guess I never... Yeah, he's got a face that you remember, so... Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, it was uh, might have been Guy Searle tweeted out something. I was looking at the tweets at one point today, and I went... Christopher Lee, and then he had a picture of him. And went, oh, you know, the name didn't immediately connect until I saw the face, and then then it 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 made a complete connection there for me. So, but uh, yeah, very sad to see him pass. Um, but I mean, the man was ninety 
three, I believe. Yep. He was, yeah. Okay. He actually just had his birthday not long ago. Oh wow! So, I I forgot what they said he died of. I didn't read the whole article. A respiratory and heart failure. Okay. Well, at ninety three. Yeah, right. Basically, just kind of wore out. Yeah. In, in effect, so. But it's still sad to see somebody like that pass that you've seen in different things and known throughout the years. Uh, one interesting bit of trivia when I was reading about it, the the ring, ah, damn, I cannot talk tonight, folks. The uh, He wanted to, in the uh, Lord of the Rings, he wanted to be Gandalf. He had wanted to do that, but he realized when they cast, or when it got to that point, he felt he was too old to do some of the stuff that Gandalf has to do in the movie, like ride the horse and all the horseback riding and all that sort of thing. So I thought that was good. He he because he, he had met J.R. Tolkien, uh, and it was a he'd always wanted to be Gandalf. He thought he would make a good Gandalf. So I thought, well, at least he got to be in the movie anyway. So. <laughs> uh, a little bit also a little bit of trivia for people. Obviously, um, during the war, um, not long and afterwards, he actually hunted war criminals. Oh, he did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was in a special unit during the war, uh, saying about the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Conduct. And basically, they used to like hunt spies, and then after the war, he hunted criminals until he was discharged and then began acting. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I saw where he had been uh, in the Royal Air Force, the RAF, uh, for a while, too. Yeah, he, got, he uh, went from there, went to the ministry thing, and then got seconded to the hunt in the war criminals. Huh, that's pretty cool. I want, you know, talking about the war, I watched an interesting movie, I guess it was last weekend, called The Void, and you can actually see the whole thing on um, YouTube, or at least you could as of last weekend. Uh, it talks about after the uh, Allied invasion of Europe, uh, and they were moving so fast and into Germany and stuff, and the basic premise of the story is there's this big gap where the supply lines are stretched pretty thin, and where there's little pockets of German resistance remaining. It's a fairly interesting movie. It has has a lot of different twists and turns to it. It's interesting. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but you know, if you're looking for something to watch, as we talked about a few weeks ago over the summer, hey, check it out. It's I spent an hour and 30 minutes on doing watching a lot crappier stuff than it. So <laughs> it has an interesting little couple little side stories about racism and things like that, but... You know how the how racist the American army was during World War Two, so it's worth a watch, I think. Well, to be fair, they weren't as racist as the German army. No, not quite. That's <laughs> true. They, you know, we weren't trying to uh, put people in camps and kill them. Well, but we did put uh, them in camps. Yes. Uh, because I didn't see the the uh, segment on the CBS News tonight, but I saw the thing about George Takei was, I think, talking about the time that he spent in the uh, Japanese uh, internment camps that they had out in California. Yeah, well, you had the Japanese and you had German internment camps, too. The German camps, I don't think, were quite as big as the Japanese ones were. Well, the German's a little harder because, well... It's kind of hard to tell without researching somebody's background, the German from somebody else. But in that time, it was pretty hard, pretty easy to tell, you know, a Japanese from the rest of us. So well, it was probably just easier to do that. Well, they basically took anybody that was in of any Asian descent, I think, really. They didn't right. even specify Japanese. Right. So, yeah. 
basically you. anyone who didn't, uh, I, and I'm using air quotes here, people, look right, uh, were like rounded up or kept an eye on or whatever, treated suspects. So, you know, we're not one of our more shining moments, but, you know, in times of uh, conflict and things like that, we tend to react and probably overreact. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's just uh, human nature, at least that's, that's the way I see it, that we overreact to certain things like that. Uh, stress of the moment to some extent, and it's like you, you put everybody, you lump people together because of things like that. And it's, it, it's wrong. It's completely wrong, but it's it's been the way as long as the world has existed, from what I can tell. So, But anyway, I think we'll talk about the... Uh, We'll move on to talking about the uh, the uh, elephant in the room, as, as I like to say before we got started. Uh, like I say, we're recording on June 11th, and on June 8th of this year, the big Apple event, or uh, for, at least for developers, Worldwide Developers Conference was held, and there was a two-and-a-half-hour keynote, if I'm not mistaken. Two was, hours, 20 minutes. Okay. It was plenty long. I never watched it, but I heard a lot of people complaining about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, and before we get too far into this, I haven't watched it, but I've listened to a, a few podcasts, and I've kind of got their overview, and I'm kind of looking over some stuff here. So it's not like I've watched it and are uh, an expert on it, but um, I think I've gotten enough here to have have formed a few opinions. So, Well, in all fairness to Peter, a uh, little inside baseball, he had asked me to join the podcast which no longer has Mark on it, not another Mark podcast, um, last night, and I couldn't because I hadn't actually had a chance to watch the whole keynote, uh, and I apologize for not being able to jump in with you, and I had a family obligation that I had to attend to, too, last night. So, But I appreciate it again. Thank you for jumping in here to help us out. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about that. Was there anything particular that came out of your conversation that you had on AMP last night, Peter? Well, basically, everyone pretty much um, was unimpressed with the music part of the whole keynote. <laughs> but they all had different reasons for it, which, you know, was at least it was constructive. But um, the most thing that everyone seemed to be quite happy with was the fact there was women presenters, which was different because they hadn't yeah. done it in previous years. And you had True. Uh, you had two different women doing two different things on the stage, and they both did it very well. So it's like, finally, yes. <laughs> Some equality. Well, uh, it's getting better, but they could still do more. Well, yeah, I, yeah, it's a movement in the right direction. Anyway, it's it's towards having uh, uh, more representation. It's it like Allison, our friend Allison, always talks about. It's uh, you know that STEM thing. You know, getting more women into the STEM series, and, and it's it's nice to see things like that show up on stage. Um, but yeah, I. Um, I've watched the the thing all the way up to the point, and I did, and I've, 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 I said this on Twitter. I kept falling asleep while I was trying to watch the keynote. I started trying to watch it Monday evening, and I kept dozing off. And in all fairness, I've had a rough week. I've had some late nights and early mornings, so I was a bit diddly. And a matter of fact, I've had a nap this evening to make sure I didn't fall asleep while we were recording this show. <laughs> So, uh, not to, not because of you guys. It's just literally my body was exhausted. But um, I have watched it all the way up through where they get to the part where he said, "And there's one more thing." And as I've been told, and I think Peter, you said in the pre-show, that's about the point I'm done with. That I really probably want to watch it too. 
Well, I think specifically with Kevin because Kevin doesn't really do music, and at that point, there's really nothing for Kevin to actually watch because it's all music. Well, and from what I've heard, didn't um, they had um, oh, what's his name out there? The the music guy, um, Iovine. Yeah, Iovine. He went over things, and then then didn't they have what was it? Phil the Schill, uh, Schiller come out, and uh, didn't he kind of? It sounded like he just kind of reiterated everything Iovine had said. So it just it, it. Did you get the feeling that there may have been something else that should have gone in there? And things, deals didn't get done or something wasn't able to get done. So they just kind of reiterated the music stuff or they tacked some stuff in there. Did it it feel like there was just something missing in there? Well, there were things which I'm pretty sure were bloated out and they did take other stuff out. We're we're aware of this. But the funny part was when they they did go over HomeKit, but a very they went for that very quickly and sort of skipped over certain things because it was like, yeah, you can use iCloud to control it from outside of your house. But they didn't explain how that worked. They just went straight through it. Well, so- you see, I had speculated. And I can't remember if I said it out. I think I said it on the show a few weeks ago. I looked at the invitation that they sent out, and it was that, uh, to me, it looked like a Venn diagram, a uh, multi-section Venn diagram that, with all the parts coming together, kind of looked like an Apple TV in the middle. And so it seemed like Apple TV was going to be the center of this thing where a lot of the things overlap, like you know maybe music, maybe entertainment, maybe home kit, maybe all this other stuff. And I, I was ex- expecting some sort of, you know, uh, battle plan here, let's say, with uh, Apple TV in the middle of it, because there's some people that have speculated that Apple TV might make the good center of a, uh, you know, the home kit, uh, home automation type thing. You could use it for music. You could use it for your, you know, your video, your photos. Uh, and so, you know, I was expecting something like that. And really, uh, you know, from the things they went over, there was no mention, you know, and I think part of it, what I was kind of expecting too, was maybe um, Apple's, let's call it version of cable TV or something, a some sort of TV subscription service that you would pay them so much and you get access to your, uh, you know, st- uh, what I would was hope was streaming access to uh cable shows that you'd like to watch on cable TV, but you wouldn't necessarily have to watch them live if you didn't want to. Uh, Because I'm always looking for the time-shifting capabilities um, for watching things, because I'm not always there to watch it on time. So, um, the if they had something like that where you could watch your cable shows for a monthly fee, and if it wasn't too bad, that would be that would be fine. But I was looking forward to something like that with, like say, the Apple TV in the center of everything. But it just seemed like uh, outside of that one mention, was there any other mention in the Apple TV, or uh, was that about it? They didn't really mention Apple TV at all, which was odd, because um, obviously something to inform people about if they don't know already, the third-generation Apple TV will do HomeKit. It will do this remote stuff with iCloud. But they didn't even mention that. They mentioned, did not mention it at all. There was no Apple TV mentioned in any way, despite the fact it actually does the Home the hub for home automation it does do it but i'm assuming they didn't go into it because they couldn't really go and now we've got a new one yeah i i'm trying to remember i don't even really remember mentioning much of all what i watched unless it was one of those things where i kind of nodded or wasn't paying attention it didn't Uh, last that long yeah it was uh, like i blinked and it went by probably um 
But that's interesting. Yeah, I kind of expected there to be a little something more about the Apple TV because what I would like to see, and it would make me consider buying an Apple TV because I've said it before, I'm a Roku freak. I love my Roku. Um, is you know the the idea of some games and stuff that that you could play on on your Apple TV because I mean look how rich the App Store is with fun little quick games or even deeply involved games depending on which way you want to go. I would love to play the new crack I'm playing, uh, Boom Beach, on my big screen TV. That would just be really cool. <laughs> but, yeah, they didn't do anything around that. That was a little bit disappointing. Now I'm more disappointed than I was before. Thanks, Mike. Yay, I do what I can. So <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined my evening now. Oh, my job's done then. All right, <laughs> bye, y'all. <laughs> no, I, I mean... It was okay. The keynote, once again, once I was able to get through, up, and I'm up to the part where there's one more thing, um, it was pretty good. I I really wasn't, and Mike mentioned this before, I really wasn't interested in the watch stuff. No. Um, you know, I, I, I understand, and I, I like the idea of an Apple Watch, but to me it's, you know, way more money. I'd rather take that money and buy another iPad or, or something else than than a, an Apple Watch. I just, it, it, for me, and, and, and I think uh, somebody we all know, Elaine Giles, her and I both kind of agreed that it was the solution in search of a problem. But I know you have one, Peter. I do, yes. Which one do you have? Uh, I have the Space Gray Sports one. Okay. So, and I have an actual use case for having it, so which was fine for me, plus I had the spare cash to do it at the time. So it works for me, but it's like you guys say, it's not going to be for everyone because it's not saying everyone needs. It's, I mean, even when I watched the keynote, the stuff they went over, none of that was like, oh, I now must rush out and get it because none of that stuff is a, you must go now or you'll miss out. It's literally, it's just something which either you've got a use for it or you don't. And anyone who tries to say you should get one is an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, a lot of people talk about, I, and I don't remember who on, on what podcast said it, but if you're, it might have been Victor Cahillao, um was talking on Mac Roundtable, the, not the current one, but the one before, where, you know, if you don't get a lot of notifications and stuff like that, which I frankly have turned off a lot of that crap on my phone anyway, um, it doesn't really fit in. And in... I don't know. Maybe it's partly me being a curmudgeon, and I like the fact that my I have an iPhone 6 Plus. I like the big screen. I like having a nice big screen to look at. Mm. And looking at a small watch screen just doesn't appeal to me in that way. Well, you see, I could uh, use it because I do get notifications, and uh, you know, I've made mention of the fact before that I carry my... Uh, phone in my, my my holster basically on my side my uh the one i got all my other stuff in and i do have it set up so that uh, when i get uh, emails from the school or something like that i'll get a notification and i do listen to music and stuff so i could use it for checking that or if somebody's text messaging me like uh tonight when uh kevin was putting the show together uh he was texting me and i was out taking the dog for a walk so i pulled the phone out and was you know doing things that way but it would have been nice just to be able to look at my uh watch and hit a button and uh dictate a message back to you because i was dictating into the phone um 
when I was uh, walking the dog and sending it to you. So I could have used it there. And like I say, notif- uh, other notifications that come in, uh, be able to check the emails, see if there's anything as they come in, see if you think anything I should deal with. And I, I wear a watch anyway, so I do like to look at the time. Right now, mine is broken. I haven't fixed it, so I'm always pulling my phone out to check the time. And I just realized that's a ha- for me, that's a hassle. For other people that have their phones, if they're working on a desk, they have it there, they just pick it up and look at it. That's one thing. But i got to reach down and pull it out. i got a little... Uh, uh, I'll hold it up so Kevin can see it, but it's kind of a, a book book like uh, cover for yeah. it. Uh, and so I got to flip that open and look at the phone. So it's just not that easy. So, you know, I could theoretically use it, but it's just A, the price, and B, given the fact that my job is a little rough and tumble. I mean, if Apple wants to give me one to stress test the baby, sure, I'll do that. I wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> you know, let's see how long it takes before it breaks. I could do that. But I just don't want to spend that kind of money on something that could potentially get you know beat up um and it's just you know that kind of put me off but you know i guess uh, and i've said it before which really irritated me about the phone was they put one more app or the about the watch they put one more app on your phone that you cannot get rid of and i call it like you know a 350 dollar app because you got to spend a minimum of 350 dollars to use it so right. it's probably the most expensive app that apple has on their you know on their watch so or on their phone but like we said, we put that in our what we call our crapple folder now. <laughs> yes, the stuff you oh, the, can't delete. Oh, don't worry, you got pl- you got a couple more of those coming your way now. Oh god, uh, that's just what yay. we need. Yeah, just losing more space for me to listen to my music to. Um, and the music thing, you know, like I said, I've only kind of heard what other people have said, but it hasn't excited me that much. First of all, I don't live in the Apple's ecosphere. Um, I mean, for people that you know, list, uh, use iTunes and all stuff. And I think I mentioned here before. I've kind of used Amazon because a, I can put it on all my devices, so I can you know, unless Apple sees the light, like window, uh, like Microsoft is finally uh, starting to and realizing it's more about getting yourself out there on different platforms, not about you know, owning, owning the people. Um, so unless they, you know, uh, open this up to Android and Windows and all that other stuff or, you know, the tablets and the phones and such, um, I, I don't really plan on using it that much because, like I say, I've got Amazon. It'll work on all the stuff that I have. So if I want to listen to it on different devices, I can. Um, so there was nothing horribly compelling about that because, like I say, with Amazon, and I don't know, you know, <sighs> selection-wise how much, you know, how it compares to Apple, you know, what's on their prime list uh, versus what Apple's going to be allowing people to list to. If there's a bigger selection, maybe that might do it for me. But otherwise, uh, I just didn't see too much of appeal because I, uh, Amazon has stations. Uh, you can, anything in their prime, you know, music library, you can listen to, download. And as long as you keep your subscription active, you can have it there. You don't have to buy it. So, uh, you know, and that's what I'm always looking for is some way to download music because I don't always have have a connection handy to stream it so it meets all my needs and i just didn't know uh see and i don't know did do you know offhand peter will apple allow you to download that music or are you gonna have to stream it all oh no you are capable of offline listening it is part of the features and there's some other okay. stuff they need to cover as well it's available on android it is yeah, from from later in the year, it'll be it'll be after it comes out on the other platforms because Windows computers are getting this as well. The Windows phone sets aren't getting it, not yet anyway. But that might come. But the Android thing c- caused quite a commotion when they announced that. 
Well, that so that means like ten type, ten phones won't get it because there's only what been about ten or twelve Windows phones sold anyway. So it's not a yeah, not dang. a huge yeah, not a huge market. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when you're really little, it's easy to be picked on. But uh, yeah, like I said, I haven't watched this part of it, but just knowing the way it was hyped, I'm going like, oh, this is just so distressing that they're going to spend so much time and I did know it was interesting that I noticed all the way through the rest of the WWDC thing the most of the applause except for the point where they made the one announcement that I was really excited about was very subdued as they were announcing all these other things it was really the audience seemed somewhat subdued which surprised me but then when they got to the music thing then they had a big cheer did it did, again I haven't watched it did it continue that way, Peter? Did the uh, crowd stay up and pumped and really excited about everything with the music stuff they announced? Well, they did seem to get a bit bored. They also started taking the mic out of Jimmy Irving because he inadvertently started doing the free things thing like Steve Jobs did, but he didn't know he was doing it, so they started laughing, and he looked really nervous at that point, which was funny because he, obviously he has no idea what he's doing. They all think it's hilarious, and he's like looking really nervous at this point. But the main thing that got the main reaction at the whole music thing was when Eddie Q started dancing to Cuban music when he was going oh. to the streaming service in his bright pink shirt. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, white men should not dance, but anyway. Yeah, um, but for the most part, it went through pretty much. It sort of went very quiet. But the only thing I would say is the service itself is probably fine, but how it was presented in the keynote was dreadful. Really? Yeah, they could have done so much better in the way they presented it. It was just... I don't know what it was. They just seemed to get really confused and not understand exactly how to explain this to people. I think that was probably the biggest problem. That's never good. Well, I think that's where some of the people got the feeling that... you know, Well, they were probably going to announce this anyway, but then it would just seem like they had to kind of expand upon this a little bit because, like I say, it just seemed like there should be something else in there and it just makes you wonder if there was deals that fell through and they just couldn't uh, or maybe hardware that fell through or something and they just couldn't announce you know what we're assuming to be the some big Apple TV announcement because like I say you look at the design that they had and it, you just got this feeling that it was going to be a, some Apple TV centered thing and it just never happened so I think and then some people said they just, in order to fill, kind of fill the space, they just expanded upon the music thing because it seemed like they doubled up on some of it or, uh, uh, along the way there. And so, and maybe that's why for some of their confusion there is because they're just vamping or last minute vamping. So I don't know what went on. Well, yeah, because normally at WWDC, I don't think it's always been that way, but most of the time they're doing out some sort of new hardware anyway. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. Last year they did. They I forgot what they, the year before was the new Mac Pros, which took forever to ship. Um, was it last year that they neutered the uh, Mac Mini, or was that I, no? That, that was last year, I think. Yeah, I think they neutered it last year. So I mean, there's always there's always been some sort of hardware. So it was kind of surprising there was none this time. Now I realize they just had some hardware announcements, right? But I don't know. It's, it was kind of disappointing. Was there anything that you was expecting to be announced, or you know, or, you know, or hoping to be announced, or? Um, no, not. I mean, the Apple TV would have been the one thing because right. it, it might have convinced me to jump over. Um, 
I was kind of the, the iPad was, Pro. Right. If that's true, a true thing that's going to happen, which I'm not 100% certain it is. I was kind of hoping that they would come out and you know with a big mea culpa and uh, we're sorry, we really screwed up. We're going to reinstate the quad core Mac Mini for those of you out there who who want it. But you know that, and I don't know, they may never will. They just, um, I'm not. I think you're stuck with the, uh, you know, the weenie version out there. And if you want anything serious, they just want to bump you up to the iMac or whatever. But um, I was kind of hoping for something along that line, but. Um, and like I said, I was just waiting for some sort of Apple TV announcement. Peter, was there anything that you know uh, you thought maybe they was going to say? Or well, when they got to the HomeKit thing, the way the the layout was done in the Home, it looked like there should have been something in that layout which they didn't show, which is what made me wonder about it as well. Plus, uh, the invitation was the obvious thing, but Apple like winding people up with invitations, so that didn't overly convince me. But it's just. The certain things they mentioned during the keynote, it made me think, surely this should relate to Apple TV somehow. And it never got mentioned in any fashion. So I thought, okay. So I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Well, you know, hopefully in the coming months we'll hear a little bit more. You know, because like I said, it's just you get, some people got a weird vibe, and so maybe there'll be some sort of explanation about you know what went on there. And, you know, we're gonna have to get used to the fact that you know when Steve was there, he always uh, you know, and we're we're past the what Steve would have done stage, but you know his uh, keynotes were always kind of uh, what energized and tight and you know entertaining or whatever. And, yeah, I, I will have to say that uh, to me, Craig Federighi is one of the most entertaining people to listen to speak. He's very uh, polished. He's very energy. He's got a lot of energy. Um, I like the point, you know, the parts that he does in the keynotes now. He's, he, he, he's even taken some stuff that would probably be boring and made it interesting and made me care a little bit. I do enjoy his portion of the keynotes much as, you know, you used to always talk about. Not that Tim Cook does bad. I'm not saying that. But Federighi is really come on and come into his own as far as that goes. At least that's my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't watch enough to have a scorecard on those guys because usually when they have the keynote, I'm at work, and then by the time I get home, I don't want to watch it. So I just listen to recaps. So I haven't really watched any of them to really, except for, you know, uh, Floppy Tails, whatever. Um, uh, I think that was Schiller and his uh, his uh, and you know there's people making jokes about tucked versus untucked. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because that's funny. You say that, and I think about it. yeah, a lot of them are untucked, but Federighi's tucked. He wears he wears his shirt tucked in most of the time. So you know, I, I I guess part of the reason I have an affinity for that is because I have to do more of that sort of thing now in my job. So it's something that on a subconscious level I pay attention to. Because I, you know, there's nothing worse than if you're having to give a presentation on a dull subject than trying to keep people awake, especially if you get stuck with a crappy time slot like one thirty in the afternoon after everybody's eating and they're like, what did Kevin say? <laughs> you know, I, I always look for ways to liven up my presentations. I always try to put in a couple lame jokes, you know, or. Or you know, if I see somebody dozing off out in the in the group that I'm talking to, I'll single them out and call them out right then. I don't call them as being asleep. I'll say, "So so and so, what do you think?" You know, what what what? <laughs> so it keeps the audience entertained anyway. At least I think it does. But 
that's it. But the one thing that I really found interesting was the announcement that they were going to make Swift open source. I was like, what the... F-? You know, I was really happy. That made me really proud and made me really excited because the, the crowd really did cheer for that. Um, I know I'm a bit of a programming geek. It's where my roots are in computers. Um, so that's why I like it. But I I just think it's cool. I've been playing around with Swift. I so far haven't managed to make anything that really works. Um other than working up my dander but uh, that's that's about it but I, I i do think it's a positive step for apple to move in that direction when they when they start doing things like that uh i would explain that that's apple's version of open source it's not completely open true true very true but it's still more open than what they normally do so yeah yeah it it, it is it is it is um Kind of like uh, Microsoft's version of open source. Uh, you know, it's it's open. It's just not all the way open. But, you know, the door keeps getting pushed a little further each time. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll, we'll cross over that threshold or come closer to it at some point where it's truly open source. So, but, Mike, huh? I, th- I thought you were getting ready to say something. Oh. Uh, but that, I mean, that was the big thing that I liked the most out of it. Um, again, uh, and I'm sorry, and I know this isn't going to sound terrible, and I truly am, folks, I truly am an Apple fanboy. El Capitan, for the name of an OS? Well, <laughs> well if what? it's... If, if this sucks, you know what they're going to call it. They're going to call it El Crapitan, so... True. And this, that was something that they didn't roll out a lot of bells and whistles. It sounds like they're going to put a little more polish on this. Um, they're going to you know improve things. And you know, I never had too much problems, but it just seemed like they kept rolling out new feature this and new feature that. And you know, uh, there were some people that uh, for some people things. You know, I'm and I don't use my computer as heavily as some people do, so a lot of uh, others would notice some of the stuff. But there just seemed to be. Uh, some flaws along the way and things didn't work well and it, everyone was so, uh, saying that they needed to do basically a snow leopard version of these things where no new future uh, or not a lot of new future features let's just try to improve the stuff that's there already stay what i have to freely admit too and i'm probably going to get chastised for this and i'll take away geek points from mark if i do uh and give them to peter and elisa just on general principle um <laughs> Uh, I've never upgraded to Yosemite yet. Oh, okay. I just, I haven't had the desire to do it. It works. I mean, I haven't had any trouble with Mavericks. It works. Um, I haven't seen the need. Now, I will go ahead and do Yosemite before they release El Capitan. The only problem with me and doing Yosemite is I don't like the flat design that they have. The dock bothers me. (laughs) And I know I can fix that. But it bothers me. It reminds me of the dock back in, what was it, 10.3 or 10.2, somewhere along there. Like, I don't think that's a real improvement. I'm sorry. I like the three-dimensional version of my dock. I like it looking that way. And I know, you know, that's just me. But now you both are on Yosemite, I'm going to assume, on your Macs. I am, yeah. Okay. So I'm the lone standout here, so... Minus 10,000 geek points from Mark because I'm not on Yosemite, and I'll split them even. Well, Peter, I tell you what, you can have 7,000, and Lisa can have three. How's that? 
Sounds good to me. Okay. And I tell you what, we'll take another couple thousand away and give them to Tim Chatton too, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> you know, good call. Yeah, it's it, it, you know, I'm the geek point lord, so I get to I get to decide how they come and go. So mm. I was going to say though, they did very well with this of the um, OSs because they will support everything that the previous versions did. That's true. That was interesting when they started talking about OS nine. They were going to support everything all the way back to the iPhone four S. Um, phones and all the way back to the iPad 2 Edge, yeah, iPad 2 yeah so I'll be curious to see what it does on my uh, iPad Air 2 that I have because that thing's faster than hot snot on a doorknob right now so oh Kevin then you're one of the lucky few you get the multiple the multi-task screen with the yeah. split view because that's yeah. the only one that will do that that particular feature the rest of them will only do the the size thing and the picture in picture, but you're you've got the one that will do that. It's the only one that does it. Yeah, because that's the one thing that's making me not want to buy an Apple laptop right now. I have my iMac here on my desk, and I have my iPad Air two, and I can do pretty much anything I want to do when I'm on the go with the iPad. Um, I don't do a lot of heavy computing when I'm on the go, but it'll do probably ninety percent of what I want to do when I'm on the go. And like I say, it's faster than hot snot on a doorknob. Uh, it is a quick little machine, so and it doesn't weigh a damn thing. So that's the other good thing too. So I, yeah, I uh, I I kind of like that. I was I was looking at that going, ooh, that'll work on mine. Ah, well, see what it does uh, with my iPad Mini that I got, and see it's I don't it's not bad. Um, but you know it would be nice if the improve uh, the performance was a little bit better. Yeah, I, I have I've talked to. I mean, that's the whole reason Mark talked about getting his wife. He had to get her an iPhone six is because he loaded iOS eight on his on her four S, I think it was, and he just said the performance was abysmal. So uh, that's why she ended up getting a six plus. Um, and I, as I've said before, I love my iPhone six plus. It's a it's a great device. Um, so, but yeah, I'll be really curious to see how it works on my. Uh, iPad Air 2. Uh. I was going to say, they have done some work on that. Um, there's app slicing, so if just the size of the apps, the over-the-air update will be 1.3 gigabytes as opposed to the 4.6 as yeah. well. Thank God. Yes. Well, though, this time I might just plug it in. And I should have known or realized that uh, you could have just plugged it in and did it through iTunes, and you wouldn't have to have that much free space. But uh, So I deleted a bunch of stuff and then put it back on there. But, yeah, just trying to get it so... You know, it wasn't like a. It seemed like a kitchen sink install. Uh, this time, it sounds like it's going to be more of a, maybe a Delta install, improving the stuff that needs to be and leaving the other stuff alone. Yeah, that's kind of the impression I get. Um, I don't have that problem. My iPad Air two is a sixty four gig, so there's plenty of room left there for me to do that. But now my <laughs> iPad, it's technically the Retina. It's the fourth generation <coughs> iPad. The other iPad I have. Um, now it's only a 16 gig like my phone is only a 16 gigabyte so it would yeah that would be a a space balancing thing but i ended up doing them by hooking them to my mac and letting them do the installs that way because uh, they didn't have enough space but i was impressed that's true i'd forgotten about that they said they had how did they phrase it they op not optimized they used another word well this is what the app slicing's done because basically it's removing all the stuff from the apps that you don't actually need for the hardware you're running because they support all the different versions like the ones that go backwards so basically if you've got the air 2 
and you load your stuff on it. It'll only have the stuff you need to run on the air too. You won't have the ones for the previous iPads on it. It's right. literally will just give you each thing for each bit of hardware, so it shrinks the size of everything. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that is that's nice. I like that idea. And it's not crapping up your system with stuff that you don't use, because that's always a problem. That's been a problem with computer operating systems for as far back as I can remember. They, uh, you know, especially when it comes to drivers and stuff. You know, let's install three thousand drivers. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I got three devices hooked to it. I don't need three, or you know, uh, all these fonts. I use about four fonts. That's it. Well, you're getting another one now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just what I need. Another font. <laughs> another one I won't use and gets to take up space that then I have to deal with all my backups and everything else. So yeah. Just what I need. Another font. What's the new font? San Francisco know. is the watch font. Oh dear God. It's, it's going to be across uh, the iOS 9 anyway, and it probably will do end up doing El Capitan as well, I'm guessing. It's going to be the default one, from what I understand. Dear Lord in heaven, why do they do this <laughs> stuff to us? Why? Please stop. <laughs> they have a font generator, and they want to share it. Yeah, the hell with them. Uh, <laughs> I just think Johnny I've got bored and just decided, eh, I'll use this one. You know, I was listening to, I don't remember what podcast I was listening to. Somebody was talking about, and I didn't realize Johnny I was doing it. They said he's designing all the desk chairs and chairs in the new for the new Apple headquarters. Yep, it's true, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, is he that bored? Yes. He flattened, <laughs> everyth- he flattened everything, and now he's got nothing else to do. <laughs> well, that's why nobody can sit down on anything, because it's all flat. <laughs> Jeez, oh, flip. I mean, really, I mean, I, again, I don't remember what show they were talking about. I was like, is that really the best use of his time? You know, he's he's a knight of the realm. He's a, one of the leading, if not the most recognized industrial designer in the entire world. And he's designing chairs for the new headquarters. I'm pretty sure a chair needs four legs, a back, and a seat, and that's about it. I don't know what... What else do you do to a chair? Well, he'll sit there and go, well, we looked at it and we decided we had to get the diamond champered edges of the aluminium and get it just <laughs> so to the right angle of the mothership so we can all look into the windows. Oh, what I'm thinking now is since the building's going to be round, the backs of the chair, all the chairs are going to be round, you know, so you can push them against the wall <laughs> and they just blend in. Like, oh my! And I have this monochromatic impression that you walk into Apple headquarters and you end up tripping over the damn things because they'll blend in. They're so flat with everything else. <laughs> the lawsuits against Apple will just go up through the roof because visitors are tripping over everything. Well, that and then people may start to go insane because everyone will be running around trying to find the corner to pee in, and there won't be any. So <laughs> that's the oldest joke in the world. Uh, I know. How do you yeah. drive? Pick pick whatever you want. Crazy. Put them in a round room and tell them to go pee in the corner. So yeah, that was a joke uh, way back. Richard Nixon, I know. You know, he went. Why did he go crazy in the Oval Office? Because there's no corner to pee in. But you know, and we've gone down that road now. But uh, yeah. Mm. But yeah, very bizarre. So yeah, I, I guess overall WWDC wasn't that bad. I was impressed by the fact that. Um, 
again, putting a little bit of a developer hat on, they were going to be streaming some of the sessions live, as opposed to you know because the way the tickets worked out, trying to, and trying to get tickets anytime to WWDC is like next to impossible. But the whole the lottery thing they did this year with it, so gave some other people a chance, I guess. Well, you can definitely watch those sessions because I've seen some of them. So, did you watch them live or watch them after the fact? I watched the state of the platform thing live, and I've watched a lot of the other ones as well. But I've watched those in post as well, so I know they are doing them live. Yeah, when I had, I didn't renew my Apple Developer uh, license this year, uh, so I won't be watching any of those things. But because um, you had to have the paid account. Not on the Apple TV one. If you've got the event tile still up there, you go in there, go to it says schedule, and it has them all listed. You just go and click them. Oh. As long as that's still up there, you don't need one. You can just go into it. And I don't have an Apple TV, so that's I'm screwed there too. Uh, <laughs> oh, as for the developer thing, there was a there was a bit of news, but this wasn't mentioned on the main keynote. But you only pay one price now to develop for everything. Oh, instead of the $99 for iOS, the $99 for uh, yep. OS ten, it's one across the board. Oh. Yeah, one price for the watch, for iOS, and for macOS. Hmm. I don't think I'm going to renew it because I just had better use for the $99 but this year. But that might make me renew it or re-up it again next year. Hmm. I mean, it's just nice to have access to the extra tools and stuff. And originally, oh, yeah. and originally I did it so I could get the early OS betas and stuff like that when I was really testing things and pushing myself harder. Now I've become a curmudgeon and I sit back and go, you people go out and screw with that stuff. <laughs> you take the lumps and the pains. I'll, I'll wait right here. Yeah, I know what you mean. That used to be uh, me and Linux. Every time a new distribution would come out, I would uh, install it, and or they would come out, come out with an update, and I would put it on right away. And um, yeah, and I was doing that all the time, and uh, I would switch quite uh, OSs quite often just because oh, the new hotness is out. But now it's just to the point where no, it used to be fun, not anymore. So let's just get something stable, and let's just keep it that way. Well, now, like I said, I've been playing. I haven't played for a couple of weeks, but I've been playing with Windows 10 and a VM. Um, but it, it doesn't have quite the uh, appeal that I used to have for being on that bleeding edge. I mean, I remember standing in line when Windows 95 came out. I was at the local store that was going to sell it that morning to get it because I wanted to have Windows 95. I wanted to be the, one of the first ones to have it. And I was actually patron number two or three, I don't remember, to get Windows 95, because that's what it had. I actually went in late to work, so I couldn't do it. I said, hey, I'm going to be late. You know, and I got there, and they said, really, we're not surprised by you doing this. <laughs> eh, whatever. You know, it's the way it works out. You know, we all have our, our little passions. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the uh, bleeding edge, so that's why I didn't renew it for the 99 bucks. But if it's everything across the board, if I ever get a chance to do some more development, I wouldn't mind having some uh, a chance to write something for iOS. I'm not much interested in doing stuff for the watch right at this point, but uh, it would be nice to write stuff for iOS, you know, because that's where I do probably... Now I probably do 30%, maybe 40% of my... Apple computing I do on iOS devices now. So it would be nice to get back a little bit. Yeah, there is another thing. For anyone who wants to build apps, I think it's from Xcode 7, you don't actually need the developer account to access and download it. You just need it to actually submit apps. But you can run tests on your simulators, on devices, build the apps within it. But 
you can do all that without the developer account. You just have to pay for it to actually submit to the store. Ah. Well, I do have Xcode and everything installed on my machine. So, and I've been getting that for free. That was the other reason I think I originally because you used to have to be a member of the uh, developer network to get uh, to get Xcode. And yeah, that's gone now too. So, the other thing that I want to load is since uh, they're going to come out with uh, Visual Studio, or maybe they've already dropped it. I can't remember. For uh, I, they already did release it for uh, OS ten. I want to put that on there because I've done Visual Studio coding as well, Visual Basic, uh, some C sharp and stuff like that. So, you know, I collect programming languages. Mm. Well, then, as you guys were talking, I was just sitting here thinking uh, how I'd like to maybe hack the Apple Watch or something uh, or other people's Apple Watches. And Yeah, uh, no, not with a hatchet, uh, Kevin. No, but I'm thinking, like, you get in there and um, change it. Because they have that feature where it was once every hour or something that tells you to stand up. So I'd like to just get in there and change it so every hour it'll ter- tell you to spin around and cluck like a chicken and just see how many people <laughs> will do that. All right. Well, they do, yeah, because you're going to get more access to the with uh, the uh, WatchOS two. They're giving you access to a lot more of the hardware from what uh, or what it seemed like than they currently have the developers currently have access to. Yeah, they gave them APIs for the complications, the uh, digital crown, the um, sensors, touchscreen, basically pretty much everything. Mic speakers. Yeah, I can think of some. If I were to do that, I can think of some neat reminders I'd put on there. You know, like uh, where it tells you, Mike, you say stand up, spin around, cluck like a chicken. Um, you know, I, I I'd have to come up with something like uh, I don't know, have it say something rude or something once an hour. So that you, and you can't shut it off, so it comes up and or makes a fart sound or something. So yeah, you're sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, it's like what the hell. Well, and um, I I listened to uh, I think I'm an episode or two behind, but I listened to uh, the first um, episode that Peter hosted on Namp, and they were talking about they had uh, Kelly Gumont on there, and she was kind of losing her crap. Where they could if they could hack into the watch and have it just start saying random things like you know it's dark, let me out of here, or uh, uh, you know help help, I'm trapped in this little capsule or something like that. I forget what all they were saying, but uh, they were having a pretty good time talking about that. <laughs> oh yeah, she lost it because uh, I decided to start speaking Gollum to explain this to her, and it kind of threw her off completely. <laughs> Now you're making me think of that old thing we used to do on telephone. We'd call up a tobacco store and say, do you have Sir Walter Raleigh in a can? Yeah, well, yes, we do. Well, you better let him out before he suffocates. But um, bump you know. <laughs> yeah, is your refrigerator running? Yeah, you better catch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you call up and you ask him, is, is there any walls there? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. That But that would be, because we used to play jokes on people uh, we'd set up their computers, and if there was something we they did all the time, there was this one guy. He was he was an older gentleman, and he was there was a couple websites that he went to every day. And now I'm talking this is early days of the internet, uh, probably late '90s, mid to late '90s. And uh, there was a couple websites he would go. And I forgot what he w- there was something he was always looking at. Like he was big into investments at that point, and I forget what investment site he used to go to. Well, we set a trigger up so that when he'd hit that investment site, the speakers would cut on on his computer and go, Hey, everybody, I got porn here. Look at the new porn I got. <laughs> the first couple of times it did it to the poor man, he was like, Ah! 
So, you know, it was just, that's back when we could do crap like that, you know, and it, nowadays it would just be horrible if we did something like that. Yeah, you'd have to go to the HR uh, uh, manager and you have to explain why this is wrong and you'll have to take a course and, uh, you know, and take a test. and Or making people's computer make fart sounds, you know, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, boring. I know. You can't steal the balls out of people's mice anymore because now the damn thing's got the laser pointers and you have to tape the little piece of paper over the light. <laughs> You can't go around castrating mice anymore. That's right. That's what we used to steal. We used to take the balls out of all the mice. You know, they just go. You know, it was just we just did it. You know, it's just something to do. What the hell's wrong with this thing? They'd come over. I need a new mouse. No, you don't. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, well, I think we've kind of beat WWDC to death. Um, I don't think we had to beat it very hard to get it there, but we may have beat it. Excuse me, completely into submission. But before we go, since we've talked a lot about music and my lack of knowledge of music, uh, I thought it'd be interesting. We we had considered uh, Mark's under the weather, and I hope he does feel better soon. All jokes aside, uh, he and both of his children are sick right now because it's winter down where he is. For some reason, I don't know why he has to have different year times of the year than the rest of us. There's something wrong with him. But anyway, it's uh, it's winter down there, and they have head colds and all that. But uh, we were going to consider recording tomorrow night if Mark was going to feel up to it. And he wasn't sure, and that's why I asked Peter to jump in. Uh, but uh, Mike couldn't record tomorrow night because Mike's going someplace special. Yes, where the, uh, the, the local... Uh as we call them in this country, the Indian Casino or whatever, the uh, casino in Watertown, they're going to have B.J. Thomas there. For any of those, uh, any of you who you know don't remember or you're going B.J. who or making some bad comment about B.J.'s, um, <laughs> no, this is uh, his uh, probably most famous song is uh, Raindrops Keep Falling Rain on My Raindrops <laughs> Keep Falling on My Head. Yes, and believe me. for this bed. Yeah, I can't remember it now. It's been too long. Yeah, I got to refresh my memory too. Um, and he, I think if I looked it up somewhere, I came across it. I think he holds the title for the long. He holds a record for the t- uh, song with the longest title that made it into the the top ten or something like that. Because he wrote a song called uh, "Somebody Done Somebody uh, the Wrong." Somebody so- done somebody wrong. Yeah, see, I do know some stuff about music. <laughs> somebody okay, done see- somebody wrong song. Yes, well, you're old enough uh, because that you know that's uh, 60, 70, somewhere in there. And he also did um, the uh, the uh, hooked on a feeling. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so he's had a few hits. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I was kind of surprised. He's done some other things. He's not quite as inactive as I you know possibly thought he would be. But uh, you know, I was kind of surprised. You know, it's just. I'm not going to say he's my favorite artist, but you know he's he's here. He's uh, and I thought it would just be fun. Well, my wife and uh, the lady that she works with, the, the other cook down at the elementary, they decided to get tickets because this other lady goes to the casino quite often, and they got a hotel there, and we get a, a room for like forty dollars for the night. So we figured, why not make a, an evening out of this? We can get out of our little podunk town and go someplace where we haven't really been before. Because I'm not a big gambler. I used to farm. That took care of my gambling addiction. Uh, <laughs> or my gambling. I never really had a gambling problem, but any gambling I want to do, I got it on my system then. So gambling isn't a big thing because I also don't like to be a loser. And that's probably 
again, I'm not really good at the gambling thing. So, yeah, I would be funding a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just don't do that. If I'm going to blow my money, I'm going to blow it on the computer. That way I got a sure win. Um, but, you know, we just thought it would be fun to go and do that and, uh, you know, just do something different. Yeah, I to, to admit, I raindrops keep falling on my head um, is one of my favorite all-time songs. And that's saying something considering hmm. there aren't that many songs that I have favorites of. Um, and actually have it on a 45. And I might have mentioned it before, I had played that 45 so much that it actually started to chip apart. Uh, (laughs) I I still have the 45 and it'll still play, but I have to drop the needle in just a little bit because there's a big chunk out of the outer ends of the record where I, I just played it over and over and over again. It got to the point one time when I was younger, my mother said, you will not play that song. I will take that record away from you, and you will not be allowed to listen to it. She said, because for the 40th time today, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, if on the off chance, uh, and I'm not holding my breath, that we actually get to talk to him, uh, I'll relate that story uh uh, to them, and you know, like I said, there's probably not much of a chance. It's not like this is a huge venue, but I still don't, uh, you know, unless he actually goes in and you know, uh, weighs amongst the people. Uh, but like I say, if the opportunity comes up, I'll tell him that because you know, I, I'm sure he hears stories like that all the time, so yeah, I and I do, I still have the 45, and again, it's been played so much, the grooves are white and stuff where the, the vinyl. You know, it's almost more static than it is him now at this point. And you turn it, I forget what's on the flip side, but that's hardly been played. Oh, uh, boy. Now, let's see. Again, if we had this wonderful thing, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, You've got to look up the 45. It's, you know, that's, I'm talking, I mean, I know Peter knows what a 45 RPM record is. But, yeah. I'm, sure, but I'm sure there's some people out there going, huh? We're going, yeah. yeah, there's this well, thing called vinyl. Um, uh,. That might take a while to explain that one, Kevin, yeah, I think. That's, that's true. Looks like a big black CD <laughs> <laughs> with a hole, a big hole in the middle. So, um, as, yeah. as, as Mike's trying to find this desperately. He's, yeah. He's our trivia person, so he's he's the trivia geek on the show, so he's desperately seeking for it. Um, well, I got the Wikipedia page here. No, I don't know if I... Jeez, I hate wading through all this stuff to... Uh, oh, cripes. I could have uh, gone out and gotten the forty-five out of the. Oh, okay, I think uh, someday we'll be together. No, that's Diana Ross. What the heck? No, yeah, oh, I like. Di- I'm just trying to peruse information really. Diana quickly. Ross and B.J. Thomas are slightly different. Uh, yeah, just they, uh, one's an eighty, one's an Audi. So yeah, that's, um, yeah. Well, then uh, last night. Um, Lisa Paselli and I got to talking about, because uh, I mentioned that we were going and we were talking about uh, songs from our childhood. And um, I came up, and uh, I was trying to remember one, so I was doing some research, but I came across a few others. Uh, do you remember Delta Dawn? Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? Yeah, you don't remember any of it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But then there was a freaky song that Helen Reddy had. Um, what was that song? Um, I was trying to find my tweet and I can't. Um, um, oh, Angie Baby. That one I don't know. It was about this uh, potentially mentally deranged uh, girl that listened to her radio all the time. 
Much like Helen Reddy herself. Uh, <laughs> I hope that Helen Reddy. The thing was, then she invites this boy into his uh, into her room, and then he just kind of slowly starts to disappear, like he's being sucked into the radio. It was kind of a bizarre song. Um, yeah, that one I don't remember. Maybe when we're done, you'll maybe have to just go out and YouTube it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Angie Baby. That was kind of a weird song. But then I was trying to, the one I was trying to remember, maybe you can help me remember. There, there was a song, um, it was about, basically about marijuana or something like that, about this guy planting uh, seeds out in the woods. I want to say it was Wildwood Flower, but when I looked that up, that was a Carter song, the Carter family. And that was not the one I was trying to think of, but it was about, I thought it was like Wildwood, Wildwood Flower, Wildwood Weed maybe, or something. Mm. I want to ring a bell. Yeah, any listeners out there who may know what I'm rambling on about? It was from the '70s. It was one of those weird songs, um, kind of like that one. Uh, uh, shoot, now I'm forgetting the name, but where he's going to go to L.A. by way of Omaha. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I can't think of it, but I know which one you're talking about. Do do drop in, or what was the name of that? Yeah, uh, uh, crap. Uh, yeah. Uh, see now you're you're hitting on the edges of my music knowledge there, <laughs> and Peter's sitting there going, "What the hell are these guys talking about?" Yeah, just a special flavor of American music that was just kind of weird, odd, and um, well, see the thing that got us started was uh, she says about seeing a snake under her grill. So then I put yeah. uh, uh, "Spiders and Snakes" by um, Jim Stafford. Yeah, I think it was yeah up there, and then that's you know that started tripping all sorts of bells with me then because then I remember certain songs from that era that were just kind of odd and, and you know and maybe some of the Doctor Demento type songs. Oh, good lord! Those. <laughs> maybe best not open up that can of worms. Peter, do you know who Doctor Demento is? The name's familiar, but I can't think why. He was a uh, an alternate. <laughs> type of music DJ back in the six, did he start sixties? Uh, I know it was probably. the seventies, right? And into the early eighties, he had uh, uh, one of the f- songs I remember when I was younger hearing was "Fish Heads." You remember that song? Fish oh, good lord! Heads, fish heads, roly poly, fish heads, fish heads, fish heads. I want to eat them up. You know, <laughs> this is. <laughs> All those kinds of twisted songs. Because the one I kind of remember was, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but they're coming to take me away. Ha ha, they're coming, coming to, to take, take me away. away. Ho ho. Oh, oh yes. I know that one. Yeah. Yes. And then there's uh, Kinko the Kid Loving Clown. Which was deeply disturbing. It was extremely disturbing <laughs> song. But he played a lot of Frank Zappa. Um, trying to think of some of the other weird. He, I think he did uh, when um, oh, weird, did weird, weird Al was getting started. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Weird Al would have fit right in with uh, a lot of his stuff. Some of it was innocent. Some of it was just, well, like I say, Kinko, that was disturbing. That was a very disturbing song. <laughs> yes. It was, but you know, these are the things that we were riding around on Friday and Saturday night drinking or doing other kinds of experiments to ourselves um, <laughs> while we were out in the car. This is this is the type of thing that was on the radio. It was very... Very mind expanding. I'll put yes. it that way. <laughs> it was kind of our version of the internet back then. Yeah. If you want to lose your innocence, go on the internet or listen to Doctor Demento. So. Oh yeah, Doctor Demento would give you a real education in a hurry. So uh, yeah, if 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 anybody if anybody any listeners know Doctor Demento, please share your 
your, your stories, your nightmares, whichever way you want to go at it, we'd love to hear those. And I think with that, folks, uh, now that we've left some disturbing images in your minds uh, of Mike and I doing weird things while we're listening to Dr. Demento, I think we'll wrap up the show this week. Uh, I think, I, I think, God, I'm having a verbal tick tonight. Uh, I want to thank Peter for coming on. And Peter, why don't you tell the uh, folks where they can find out more about you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was very happy to come on, so thanks for asking. Uh, no, not a problem. Okay, where to find me? I've got to remember how to do this now because it's slightly different now. Right, okay. So, right, so, okay, so that's my Twitter, which is Peter78. There is my website, but this is the new part, which is acropolisthelastlight.com, which is where my personal stuff's going to be, blogs and various other stuff, and possible other shows, but we're going to see what happens with that. And obviously there's my podcast, which is Deeper Look, which you can find in iTunes. Very good. And uh, if you haven't had a listen to the Deeper Look, go over and have a listen. There's the Is Mark's episode with you still the longest one? No, it's not. It got dethroned. Who dethroned him? I forgot. Was it somebody Scott? else called somebody else called Mark actually. Oh, uh Shepherd? Or uh, uh it's a guy called Mark Chapel. He was actually on Namp uh not too long ago because okay. one of the shows I hosted. Uh he actually beats him by I think it's about twenty odd minutes. Oh my. Oh good grief. <laughs> well I, I tried and you know I think uh, when we recorded we were having uh uh issues. Uh yeah. I and so uh, I ended up uh, mailing you or emailing you my copy. I tried. Uh, I think uh, what might end up at, I think we were on for like three hours or we tried to be, but things just, I think things had to get cut out. So Yeah, some of it just didn't turn out like it could, and I've tried to do all sorts of stuff with it. So ultimately, in the end, what went out was what I could salvage. So, but yeah, go over and have a listen. Uh, Peter's great fun, and follow him on Twitter if you haven't, because he's he's always got interesting comments and a, an interesting perspective that I always enjoy. So please go have a listen. Um, um, whatever the hell your name is, Mike. God. <laughs> just just point and go. Hey, you, 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 the yeah. guy there on the right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, and I actually happen to be on the right on my side of the computer, but. Anyway, uh, I can be found at DSC Chipman uh, on Twitter, and uh, I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, and uh, I haven't, uh, we haven't thrown in a plug for Sci-Fi Tech Talk yet this episode, so you can go over there and check me out, and I think, uh, uh, what was the last episode we had out, but we got an interview on there with, uh, I think the episode before, with uh, J.F. Dubow, who uh, is an author, and he got selected for the Sword and Laser uh, anthology uh, be, through the, the Ink Shares campaign. So, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, eventually uh, part of the Ink Share thing is, is that it helps authors uh, write books, tweak them, uh, distribute them, you know, uh, on sort of a, uh, I don't know if I exactly got it right, but it's sort of a Patreon type thing for books where you can help an author along. So he was on there and we were really happy that, like I say, he was selected at, to be one of the books in the sword and laser, uh, 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 collection when they come out. So, uh, uh, I don't know if we did anything to help him get him over the edge, but we're still rooting for him. So, uh, you know, go listen to that one. Cause I thought it was kind of interesting. So very good. Uh, always a fun show to listen to as well. And folks, if you want to know more about this show, you can go over to geekiestshowever.com and see the the history of what we've done with this. This is uh, 179, 
episode 179. Uh, we've been doing this show. We took it over at about episode 52, so we've got quite a back catalog there you can have a listen to if you want to. And I'll apologize in advance for the Mankini episodes and where that came up a, a few times. So just heads up, folks. It's disturbing mental images. Um, but anyway, if you want to find out more about me, you can go over to my page, about.me page. Damn it, I can't talk. Uh, I got the MacBytes teeth, I think. Uh, forward slash Kevin Alder, or you can find me on Twitter at B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Well, we want to thank you for listening to the show this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. And please remember, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things... <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous sticks trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Think of the children.